Welcome to Reality Student Ministries, and thanks for listening. We are all about learning how to live this life to the fullest, getting the most out of every day. For information on upcoming events, sermon series, and ways to connect, be sure to check us out online at reality.painesvilleag.com, as well as like our Facebook page at RSM. Now here is today's message. Starting a new series tonight called My Story, and it's kind of talking about identity and, and talking about God's uh, identity on us and what that looks like. And, and there is times in your life when you are going to encounter some incredible people there are times in your life when you're going to, uh, when you have conversations with people, whether it's one-on-one or you hear them speak, you know that the power of God is with them. You know that, man, there is something about God and their passion that is contagious, and you can see it all around them. And, they're, uh, and sometimes they are the most humble people about it. They're not showboaters or anything like that. And so tonight, I actually invited one of those types of people uh, to come and speak to us. And so if you have your phones out, man, I encourage you to uh, take notes on your phones. I encourage you to write down in your journal, if you brought a journal, or in the margins of your Bible, because I believe God's going to say some amazing stuff to you tonight. And our guest speaker is Jordan Smucker. If you could come on up here, Jordan, and let's give it up for Jordan. Man, he's from North Canton, um, and he brought a friend with him, Austin. He's in the back. Austin, can you wave? Or you, if, if you want, you can come up and show everyone how how buff he is. He's really intimidating, actually. It's really intimidating to stand next to Austin because um, he's just like, he's a rock-solid beast. So, anyways, I'm going to let Jordan kind of speak and share his heart. Uh, but I believe God is going to do something incredible tonight. Amen? Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. How you all doing tonight? You doing good? Come on, that's a little bit weak. I heard that we've got junior high and high schoolers in here, and you are infamous for making a little bit of noise every so often. You guys doing all right tonight? Okay, good, good. Six of you are doing good, and I could hear you. The band, you guys did incredible. Austin, and you're playing drums back there and just beatboxing away, and that's so awesome. What's your name? Alex, that's amazing. You, you guys are so cool. Man, I, lo- I loved watching you, for real. I'm serious about that. Where's Austin at? Great job leading, my man. Great job, dude. Very good. Proud of you guys for doing that, man. It's incredible. And who was, who was all the way back here playing, playing acoustic back here? Yeah, man, you're awesome. Who was on keys? Come on, my man. How old are you, dude? 13 years old. And who, are, who was our BGVs over here? Come on. Right here. What's your name? Anjali. What a beautiful name. And who else? There was one other one. Where's she at? I saw her. Come on. Give it up. Give it up. Brendy, is that your name, Brendy? Amazing, Brendy, you did, you did so good. Oh, Brittany, Brittany, okay, Brendy, Brittany, it sound, yeah, both amazing names. You did a great job. I just wanted to tell you that you did an amazing job. I'm serious about that. You guys are so cool. Hey, I am uh, so glad to be here in Painesville, Ohio. The land of LeBron James, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, like Pastor Donnie said, I come from about an hour or so south of here. Brought one of my really good friends, the one and only Austin Blyer, with me. And you guys have an amazing youth pastor. You know that, don't you? No, no, no. Listen, listen. When there's an opportunity for you to shout for your youth pastor, who all week long is thinking about you, who prepared this with you in mind, you take that opportunity and you show him a little bit of appreciation. You know you have an amazing youth pastor, right? There it is. I'm serious, man. I met... I met um, Pastor Donnie for the first time last year at, our, at a conference that, that we host, and then, and then we went out to lunch 
about a month after that or two months after that, and he's just an amazing guy, has such a tremendous heart for students and you guys specifically and for this area, and it's amazing. Are you guys going to take notes? Are you going to take notes tonight? Come on, that's what I'm talking about. Y'all wouldn't play no party pong, but you take notes. That's good. That's good. Good. No, for real though, man, he's, he's amazing. His wife I just met for the first time tonight, Lauren, she's amazing with two Obadiah and Samson, which they are the coolest kids ever. Church kids, PKs, they're the best. They own this place. Hey, in all seriousness, um, back where I come from, we have this thing called Welcome Home. And, uh, and maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you've been coming here for a long time, maybe you're, you're newer, but we like, to, we like to say when we gather together that you are welcome here in this house, in this home. Are you, are you glad to be at Reality? Come on, is, is, this, is this not the, one of the greatest places you could be on a Wednesday night? It's amazing. Hey, young lady, I saved your seat right up here. This is for you. Saved that seat for you. I warmed it up for you too. It's nice and cozy and shiny. It's just for you. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to just a real quick, do we have a picture? Pastor Don, do we have that picture of my wife and kids? Do we have, can we throw, this is my family up here. I left them back home. That's my wife. She's amazing. Courtney and my son Judah. And then my full of lots of personality, Sophia, my princess, turns seven next week. And we're going to Disney World. We're going to Disney. We leave on Tuesday. It's going to be our first time at Disney. And it's going to be my first time since I've been in like third grade to Disney. And so I am thrilled to go. And, and so they would just like to say hi. My wife always likes to send her, uh, her hellos and best wishes everywhere that we get to go. And so that's my family. Are they, this is not like the coolest family ever right there. It's amazing. I love those guys. I could stare at them all night long. So amazing. So, so of course, you know now. So I'm from, from Canton, Ohio. Uh, coming from a great church called Faith Family Church and a student ministry called The United. And uh, you guys got to come check us out sometimes. Come, come down. Have you guys, have some of these guys been to Love is Red? Anybody? Yeah, cool, cool, awesome. Yeah, you guys got to come back again this year. It's so much fun, and, and the more people, the, the, the better the party is. And I don't know if you're anything like me, but, but I like it when parties have lots of people. And, uh, and so it's just fun when you guys are there and when everybody else comes together. But I'm not, I'm not originally from, from Canton, Ohio. I am now an adopted Cleveland Cavaliers fan because, they're, because I love them. And I watch all their games, and I try to go to as many games as I can. But I'm originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Anybody been to Philly before? Any Philly people? You been to Philly? Are you for real? What do you guys take, like, field trips there? What do y'all do in Philly? Not, that's amazing. Philly is an amazing city. Okay, but I lied a little bit, because I'm actually from, like, West Philadelphia. And truly, I'm, like, from West Philadelphia. And that's where I was born and raised. And and so, like, on a playground, you know, Grandma spent most of my days. And we were chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool, and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school. When a couple of guys who were up no good, come on, you know this? Started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got into one little fight, and my mom got scared, and she said, Um. She said, I'm 14. Are you 14? She said, I'm 12 years old. I never saw the show before. And, and and, and, and next thing you know, I ended up in Canton, Ohio, man, and, and my wife was from there, and so once we started dating, I was like, I will follow you wherever you want to go, young lady, and, and so that's where I'm at now, man. It's been nine and a half years later, and just having a, a, the ride of my life, and so it's amazing to get to be here with you guys tonight and to kick off this series. This is week one, right? Week one of this series called My Story. Everybody say, my story, my story. is going to be a great story. Come on, turn to the person next to you and say, your story is going to be a great story. 
Come on, turn to your second option, the neighbor that you didn't choose the first time, and say, yeah, your story's going to be good too. Your story's going to be, it's going to be good too. It's going to be good too. I want to I teach tonight as we kick off this series, my story from a message, from a message entitled, uh, People, People Matter. People Matter. Can we pray? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to come and, and hear from you. And um, man, God, you're so good. And when we, pick, when we focus and fix our attention on, on you, we can't help but fall more in love with you. And in response, want to tell other people about you. And so tonight, that's what we would pray would happen, that we would have ears that would hear you and eyes that would see you more clearly. God, uh, help me to make up the distance between what I would humanly say and what you need to be said by your grace. And God, just speak to us tonight. And so because we want to leave this place making you known. And God, also, uh, we pray that you would uh, continue to give favor to the blessed Cleveland Cavaliers. Bring a championship their way. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Come on, everybody said tonight? Amen, amen. Are you yawning back there? White shirt, hair bun? You yawning? Am I putting you to sleep? I saw you yawning. Don't play it off. Yeah, what was that? You hungry? You eating the air? What? I'm just playing with you. I'm just playing with you. I'm a little bit tired too. But we're going to have a good time tonight. We're going to have a really good time. Have a good time. Um, how, many, how, many of you guys, how many of you guys have noticed that as you've kind of grown up, that there are some things that, uh, that when you were younger, you used to think like really, really mattered? And then as you kind of grew older, like those things don't matter quite as much anymore. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody any familiar? Like when you were younger, like you really thought that there was a video game. Come on, there was a video game when you were younger that really mattered. You, you don't even think about the video game no more. You know what I'm talking about? Like there was a particular style of clothing that really mattered, but now that you've kind of grown up, you're like, that doesn't matter anymore. Like when I was younger, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles used to really matter, but now as I've gotten older, I'm like, they don't matter so much anymore. There are things in all of our lives, collectively and uniquely, individually, that, that we all kind of think really matter, you know? Like, you know, people, some people get, get really caught up in, in, in the way that, that they dress. And, and I mean, they spend hours shopping and hours looking in a mirror and hours trying to, you ever notice this? Sometimes we dress to impress people who aren't even paying attention. You ever notice that? Oh man, that's like the most frustrating thing, right? Come on, we, we spent, we, there are so many things in life that we think really matter, but when we kind of subjectively begin to look at them and we take a perspective that's a little bit higher, we realize these things don't really matter. What is going on back here? Are you doing her hair? What is going on? Are you like a barber now too? A hairdresser? You're yawning, you're a sleep doctor, and you're a hairdresser. You're amazing. You're so talented and gifted, and your future is so bright. That's why you need to pay attention, because this message is for you, girl. We think things matter more than they really, more than they, more than they really do sometimes. In, in fact, like I, I'm a competitive person. Anybody like sports in here? Anybody just competitive in nature? Yeah, man. Sometimes we get so wrapped around a particular sport, and we think, man, like this is life. Like ball is life, and and we're, we're like, this is all that really matters right now. Every time I hit a red light, I think the only thing that matters is a green light. Like when I hit red lights, like. Every bad word that I know wants to come out of my mouth. Like, I think red lights are from the devil. That's why they're red. And green is good. It's God. It's heavenly. It's, it's grass. Green. It's beautiful. And, like, why are there red lights? Like, you should always be green. Like, but then I realize, like, hey, if I'm waiting, like, an extra 30 seconds, 
It doesn't really actually matter. You know what I'm saying? You know what really does matter, though? Come on, you know what? Like, you know what really matters? You know what matters. Like, people. <laughs> you, you think about this for just a moment. Like, of all the things that we spend a lot of time focusing on, sometimes the thing that matters the most is the thing that we're so quick to neglect. The thing that we're so quick to, to be, well, selfish, so quick to be rude, and so quick to be arrogant, so quick to be quick to just, just dismiss that. You know, people really do matter. Do you ever come across some people, though, and you, you can tell, like, they do not think that you matter? You know what I'm talking about? Like, there are some kids at school that you find you walking through the hallways, or you're at lunch, and you're like, those people do not think that I matter. Like, they, do, they, they won't give me the time of day. They, they, they wouldn't even, like, if, if I was the last person on the planet, they wouldn't talk to me. Like, they, like you're like, why you got to be so rude? Don't you know I'm human, too? Like, what, like what's up with it? Like, people, come on, they mat, people really matter. In fact, I, I don't know if, if you ever lost your cell phone before. You got, anybody have a cell phone? I don't know. You ever lose your cell phone before? You ever lose it? Or, or like you lose your wallet? You go crazy. Like when I, when I misplaced my cell phone, which I, I hate to admit, like confession, let me just therapy here for a moment. I lose it about once a day. and Thankfully, I find it every day. But, but like I, when I lose my cell phone, I go nuts. Like I feel like I just... Like, I just lost my brain. Like, like, like I'm crazy. I'm like, where's my cell phone? Where's my cell phone? Where's my, cell phone? my wife's like, baby, like, chill out. Like, you'll find it eventually. I'm like, I'm like no, only my cell phone, my cell phone. Like, it has to be attached to my cell phone. It's, it's so important. Like, you, yeah, you have something like that? Like, it, maybe it's a purse. Maybe, maybe it's just a valuable. Like, you have to know where that particular item is at all times. Anybody relate with me? Anybody? Did you know, did you know this? Did you know that God, your heavenly father, he feels that same way about people? In particular, he feels that same way about, listen to me, listen to me. He feels that same way about the people who aren't in this room right now. You, you know that, that God goes to extravagant lengths to reach people who hate him? <laughs> to reach people who make fun of you? To reach the bullies in our school? I, I, God loves people. Not just a select group of people. God loves all people. Why? Because people, they matter. Yeah. In fact, there's this, there's this story that is recorded in the Gospel of Luke. It's the third book in the newer part of our Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke. In, in the fifth chapter, is this crazy story, a story that I'm sure many of you have heard about, but, but it's a story that I think that parallels this point so, so beautifully. In fact, it's begins in verse 17. It's just three scriptures. Look at this. It says, One day, while Jesus was teaching, there were some Pharisees and teachers of, of religious law, and they're sitting nearby, and seeing that these men showed up from every village in all of Galilee and Judea, as well as, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. I love that. I love that right there. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Now, some men carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. Some, some translations say that it was four men. Four, four men carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They, they tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they could not reach him because the crowd was so thick. So they went up on a roof, took off some tiles, lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. <laughs> now, just... just 
Carry along with me here for a moment. Imagine, imagine, imagine. These four men, these four friends. Everybody say friends. friends. These four friends have this buddy. He's paralyzed. He's in, incapable of walking. He, he, he can't make it to Jesus on his own. He's been this way probably for a really long time. I don't know if it's this way from birth. I don't know if he got into an accident of some kind. I don't know what happened, but, but he can't walk. He's paralyzed. And these four buddies, as well as their paralyzed friend, they start to hear stories about, about Jesus and how, how, he was, how he was open up blind eyes and people who couldn't hear. He's, he's, giving, them, he's giving them hearing again. He, starts to hear stories about how, how Jesus is, is raising people from the dead and he's, he's proclaiming the good news about, about our Heavenly Father. All these miracles, it's Jesus. And they start to talk, They're like, man, we need to get our buddy. We need to get Joe. He's been paralyzed for far. We need, we need to see if we can get him to Jesus. We, we, need to, we, need to, we need to get him there. One of the other friends says, you know what? I actually heard that Jesus is going to be in that town over there, like over in that direction. And his buddies are like, oh, man, we need, we need to get him there. Let's, let's, let's get Joe there. Let's get him to Jesus. It, that's a long way off, though. But we can do it, man. He's our friend. Like, we, we got to get Joe to Jesus. And they figure out, they devise some sort of a mat of sorts, and they begin to carry Joe. I don't know how far, maybe, maybe a mile, maybe two miles, maybe three miles. Maybe 10 miles. I don't know how far and how long it took them. But regardless of the length, the, the dude was paralyzed. Therefore, it was difficult to get him to Jesus. And, and as they're walking to Jesus, there's this hope and this faith that's kind of arising in their, in their hearts, in their spirits. And eventually when they get there, they, they look at this crowd that's surrounding this home. And they're like, ah, man, we, we got to get him inside. And the one guy's trying to... Figure out how they, you ever been in a crowd so thick that you can't even get in between? Like, you ever been to a Cavs game or a Browns game or, or a mall on Black Friday? It's just packed. You're like, you're like, oh my gosh, people everywhere. You just can't get them through. Imagine taking a paralyzed man through a crowd like that. Imagine trying to get him to the other. They're just trying, they're like, oh, we can't get him. And finally, they give up. And they look, they're like, man, it's useless. We're never going to get him to Jesus. You know, Jesus was amazing. Everywhere that Jesus went, crowds followed. This is before the days of social media. This is before they could just make phone calls. This is before that there was television and news reports. This is before all of that stuff. And yet somehow the news of Jesus was always more popular than the latest Justin Bieber album. Like people flocked to Jesus. And they can't get their friend inside. And they're about ready to give up until one of their buddies is like, I got it. I, I got it. Let's get him up on the roof. What, what are we going to do when we get up there? I haven't thought that through yet. But I think we just need to try it. Like one step at a time here, bud. And they, they figure out a way to get him up on the roof. They're like, you two go up there first. We'll lift up Joe and then I'll pull him up. And, and finally they get Joe up on the roof. And they realize in that moment, now how are we going to get him through this roof? Like, well, we could, uh, we could start like tearing apart the roof. Like, that's a, that's a, the most brilliant idea ever! And, and they just start ripping this roof apart. Meanwhile, come on, just imagine. You're inside the home. There's Jesus. Crowd all around him. He's healing people. He's doing Jesus stuff. And, and, and next thing you know, there's dust and debris falling from this. You're like, 
What are you guys, the homeowners, like, what are you guys doing? That's my roof. <laughs> they look down, they're like, um, we, we, we got a friend. He, uh, he's paralyzed, and we heard that Jesus is, is here. Can, can, we, can we bring him down? Homeowner's like, you, you already ripped my roof apart. You might as well. You know, like, like how, how are you going to get him down? The four friends are like, uh, uh, we could just, he's already paralyzed. We, just, I, I don't know. They're just like, <laughs> paralyzed man is like, okay, you know. And next thing you know, he's, he's, he's in the presence of, of God. The story, of course, goes on and Jesus heals this man. Never again does he have to live incapacitated of walking. In, in this story, we've got these four friends who carry their one friend and go through a great deal of trouble to get him in front of Jesus. In this story, we've got a, a man who was saved through the faith, listen to this, through the faith of his friends. In this story, we've got a man whose story was that of, I'm paralyzed, I'm helpless, I, 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 wa I want to, but, but I just don't know how to. I just don't know what to. I just not, I'm not sure where to. I don't know. I, I need some help here. In this story, we've got four friends who rewrite the story of one friend. You've got a story. <laughs> You've got a story. Everybody in this room has their own individual stories. In fact, all of our stories are connected in some degree, shape, or form to each other because you're here tonight, as well as to all sorts of people at your schools, as well as to those at your places of employment, as well as those in your homes. We've all got stories. Did you ever know this? That your story influences the story of everybody else around you. Have you ever noticed that the words that people say to you actually carry a great deal of weight in regards to the way that you think about yourself? You ever notice that there are some people at your school who maybe they don't really ever have anything good to say about anybody, including yourself, and it begins to kind of tear you down and eat at you, and you act like it doesn't do anything for you. You act like it doesn't hurt you, but on the inside, it's eating away at your confidence. It's tearing down your self-esteem. It's ripping apart the, the person that God has made you to be. Your words, listen to me, your stories have a great deal of influence. And, and this man, this, this Joe fella, who we just named Joe, his story was completely changed because of that of his four friends. I got a question for you. To what extent will you go to get people to Jesus? How much, how much do we as a church, I don't, I don't just mean this church, I mean as followers of Jesus, how much do we love people and to what extent will we go to get people to Jesus. How much do we believe that if we just get people into the presence of Jesus, everything could change in that moment? Do, do, we, do we believe it or are we more embarrassed of it? Do we believe it or are we more ashamed of it? Do we believe it or do we just pretend like we believe it? Sometimes when I read this story, I, uh, 
I feel convicted myself. Because I live my life in such a manner that acts as though people don't matter. Because I, I leave church after just preaching a message about how much people matter. And as I walk into Chipotle, I'm on my phone the entire time as I'm waiting in a line to get my burrito. I'm, I'm walking through the mall on a Saturday morning with my kids and I'm passing hundreds of people of whom I could at the very least give a smile to. Because you ever notice that even just a smile can change somebody's day? That even just a high five and a, how you doing? Good? No, no, no. How are you really doing? Well, to be honest, life's not really been that easy lately. My parents have been fighting at home and there's no peace. I'm frustrated because at school I'm failing multiple classes. I'm not sure really what the future looks like for me. And I, ah, thank you for asking. Would you pray for me? I'd love to pray for you. And yet sometimes I, I, I'm so addicted to this that I forget about all of this. I'm so focused down here that I forget to look at those around me up here. Sometimes, sometimes I act like people, like they don't matter. You know, listen to me. Listen to me, reality. People matter. People need your invitations to come to church. People need your smiles. People need your high fives. People need your encouragement. People need your words of affirmation. All week long, people are getting hell on earth. All week long, people are hearing about how they are nobody. People are reading about how they have to look this way and have to do this thing in order to be accepted, in order to be popular, in order to fit in. People are talking about how, ah, man, there's, there's, I'm scared of this. I'm worried about this. I'm afraid of this. And it's our privilege, it's our responsibility as Jesus followers to give them heaven through us. To reveal Jesus in us. To love them in such a manner that they would say, I, I will absolutely come to church with you. I, I will absolutely take up your invitation. I know I've rejected your invitation for four weeks now. I know I've rejected your invitation for two years now. But you have never stopped being kind to me. Even when I was unkind and unlovely to you, you never stopped loving me. I, yes, I will come. Why? Because people matter. And even when people are unlovely to us, we are still called to be lovely to them. You know, John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, Jesus is speaking to a large group of people. and He says, a new commandment I give unto you. Listen to me, it's not up on the screen. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. He says, listen, he says, by this, by your love, all men and all women will know that you are my followers. Not because of what you wear, not because you go to church, not because you lift your hands in worship, but because you have love, then people will know that you are my followers. Oh, you love me in such a way that I could, it's easy to love people who love you. The true test of love is whether or not you can love people who are unlovely to you. The true test of love is whether or not you can be kind to the people who always make fun of you. The true test of love is whether or not you can still love that bully at school. <laughs> people, they matter. And they need you to recognize just how much they matter. Jesus, Jesus needs you to recognize that their stories can be influenced by your story. So I got some questions for you. And I've got some challenges for you. 
First, I want you to write this down if you've taken notes or you've got anything that you can type it in. Who is far from God but close in relationship to you that you need to bring to Jesus? Who is far from God but they're close in relationship to you? Maybe just in proximity. Maybe, maybe you just see them frequently, but you know they're far from God and it's you that needs to bring them to Jesus. And you've been waiting on somebody else to tell them about Jesus. You've been waiting on somebody else to invite them out to come to church. But it's you. God says it's you. If there are people in your school who are far from God, but you know them, and you have the opportunities to talk to them, then you also have a great and amazing responsibility, an amazing and unique privilege to bring them out to a church in a home like this where it doesn't matter what side of the tracks you grew up on, it doesn't matter what you believe, but everybody is welcomed here. It doesn't matter if they think the same things about Jesus what you think. It doesn't matter if they're going to stand in the back, their hands will be down here, they won't say a word the entire time that you guys are leading worship. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. But they need a place where they can let their guard down, they can take their mask off, and they can just experience the love of Jesus through you. Through his presence, through Pastor Donnie's teaching. Because people, they matter. So who is far from God but close in relationship to you that you need to bring to Jesus? And then what's stopping you? Is it embarrassment? Is there, is there shame? What's, what's stopping you? Because whatever it is that's stopping you, I believe that thing is there because the enemy, the devil, he put that in your life to convince you that getting them to Jesus isn't worth the embarrassment that you might face. But I believe that tonight, God can rid you of that thing. God can, God can break that bondage and break that, that false reality in your life and bring you a true reality, which is there is nothing greater, nothing more amazing than seeing somebody's story completely rewritten because they've encountered Jesus. People, they matter. You know, there was this one point in the scriptures, the band can actually come up and help me out here. We'll begin to close here in a second. There was this point in, uh, in Jesus' life and ministry when, when, he began to, when he began to take a little bit of persecution. He began to get ridiculed and made fun of because he was hanging out with people. In fact, the whole band can come up here. We're going we're gonna to go into all I need. You're going to do awesome banging on the drums. You're going to do awesome playing the guitar. You're going to do awesome playing keys. You're going to do amazing when you sing. And you're going to do just as amazing when you belt that song out too. My man, what was your name playing keys back there again? Caleb. It's an amazing name. Caleb. No fear in your life. You're confident, aren't you? Yeah, that's awesome, dude. It's awesome. Start playing for me, Caleb. You got something that, even just like, just some simple, we're going to go into all I need, so if you want to play those notes, that's cool. Watch this. Watch how amazing Caleb is about to make me sound. Almost like a haunted house for a second there. Wasn't it? I was like, man, is something going to jump out of me? No, it's good. Keep going, Caleb. That's good, man. That's good. Whenever, whenever we sing, or rather, whenever somebody plays, it's just, you ever notice this? It just makes you sound more spiritual. Don't you wish you could just put Caleb in your pocket? 
every morning you could just wake up and be like, it's time to read my Bible. Let's pull out Caleb. You know? Caleb, you want to go home with me in my pocket? No, you couldn't fit. Don't stop playing, Caleb. It's too good. Too good. There's this point in Jesus' ministry when, when he begins to when he begins to kind of face some, some persecution himself. And in fact, the people, the religious people of the day, who are like the evil people, so to speak, they, they begin to tell, tell Jesus, hey, hey, why, why are you hanging out with those people? Because Jesus was hanging out with what we might consider to be the spiritual outcasts, the religious outcasts, those that we would say they do not deserve to be in church, those that we'd say if they ever show up in church, all the church ceilings are going to fall down on them because they are just evil, evil people. And these are the people that Jesus is hanging out with. And Jesus kind of catches wind of this and he gathers all these people together. And he says, hey, hey, listen to me for just a moment. In verse, verse 12 of Matthew 9, he says, uh, hey, healthy people, they don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. In other words, he's saying, look, people who know God, they don't need a doctor. People who don't know God, the sick people, they need a doctor. You see, a doctor in this illustration represents somebody who is not filled with disgust when they see a disease. It represents somebody who, when they see sin, they don't run from it, but they recognize that their story that is centered on Jesus and centered on Christ can influence and change the story of those who are sick and don't know Jesus. See, the, the doctor in this story represents you, represents me, represents the band, represents the leaders, represents Pastor Donnie and Pastor Lord, represents all of us who together say, look, we are, we are the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ on this earth. We need to get out there, recognize that people matter, and be the doctors that the sick people are looking for. Whether they know that they're sick or not, we recognize that if you're far from God, there is a void in your life that can only be filled by Christ. It's you. And it's me that can fill that void. Jesus goes on in verse 13. He says, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy and not offer sacrifices. We can go through all of our religious rituals, all of our religious routines. But if we don't stretch our hands out to help somebody, None of it matters. We can read our Bibles every morning. We can worship every Wednesday night. We can pray every day. But if we don't stretch our hands out to help people who are sick, spiritually lost, none of it, none of it reality, none of it matters. He says, I, I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. Yeah, it's great that you sacrifice yourself when you praise. It's great that you read your Bible. It's great that you pray. But you know what's even better in the eyes of Jesus? You know what's even greater to Him? It's when you help somebody. When you invite somebody to come out to church. When you realize that somebody is going through a tough time and you say, Hey, bro, I, I know things are rough at home. and I don't know exactly what I can do to help, but I do know that I can pray for you. Would it be all right if I prayed for you? But, but Jordan, that's kind of embarrassing, man. You really expect us to do that? I mean, I, I guess what I expect is that we would do what Jesus told us to do. And that by doing it, 
we'd recognize that we can rewrite somebody's story. Listen, for the next seven days until reality next Wednesday night, I want you to remember these three things. These three things. Write these down. Write these down. These three things. I want you to remember, number one, that you matter. Every day I want you to wake up and I want you to think about these things. I want you to look in the mirror and remember that you matter. The reason you matter is because your influence is greater than you realize it is. The ability that you have when you go to your school every day to help rewrite somebody else's story, to allow your story to intersect with somebody else's story, to allow your story to introduce somebody else to Jesus, that matters. Second thing I want you to remember is that God matters. <laughs> Sometimes we forget that at the end of this whole thing, we're going to be spending eternity with God. Why? Because God matters. And when our fascination becomes God, our focus always becomes people. The more we realize and remember that God matters, the more we realize and remember that people matter. Which is the third thing I want you to remember every day for the next seven days, seven day challenge. You matter, God matters, last thing, people matter. People. They matter. Because in the end, there is no thing more important than someone. People. Your friends. Your school. Your family. Your peers. They, they, they matter. Just you close your eyes for just a moment? All across this place, would you close your eyes? Just hang with me for just a moment. Just hang with me. Just, just, one, just one more minute. Just hang with me. With your eyes closed all across this place, I want you to use what I believe is one of the greatest gifts that God has given us to exercise our faith, which is our imaginations. I want you to, for just the next, next few moments, with your eyes closed, to imagine in your mind the friends at your school, on your athletic fields, in your clubs, at your places of employment, in your home, among your family, your cousins. I want you to, I want you to picture those who are far from God, but you have the opportunity at least once a week to talk with them. And I want you to envision yourself, using your imagination, I want you to envision yourself inviting them to come out to church with you. I want you to see it. I want you to see it in your head. I want you to see it in your mind. Now I want you to envision that face of that person, of that young girl, that young boy, of your friend, of your family member. I want you to see them actually walking in this room with you in the next coming weeks. See it walking in this room. I want you to envision them sitting down in a chair right next to you. I want you to envision introducing them to the friends that are all around you right now. And now, with your eyes continue to be closed, I want you to imagine for just a moment, for just a moment, I want you to imagine this room filled with all of those people. Those that you're imagining and those that everybody else in this room is imagining. People matter. We need to get them to Jesus. And the first step is us exercising our faith by praying and asking God to give you personally the courage 
to invite the person that you just envisioned and then give them an open mind and open heart to respond to your invitation. All across this place, continue to keep in your mind, on the forefront, the image of that person. And I want to pray for them. And I want you to pray and agree with me as I pray. Heavenly Father, right now, we are so appreciative of the opportunity that we have to share your love to all sorts of people, to a city, to a region, to schools. God, there is nothing greater, nothing more important than people, people. My God, reveal this to us right now. You love them, so Father, we love them too. You loved us, so now we love them. So God, right now, those that we're envisioning in our mind, God, I've got people in my mind right now that I'm envisioning, that I'm inviting to church. God, I'm, I'm, I'm asking that you would give all of us the courage, individually and collectively as a ministry, that we would hold each other accountable to this. Give us the courage to invite, give us the boldness to invite these friends. Now, God, we're also asking that you would open up their minds and their hearts to receive the invitation. So that when we ask them, God, there would be, there'd be a seed that's planted on the inside of them. And even if they don't say yes right then, God, they will say yes someday. So we'll keep asking. We'll keep seeking. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Let's sing this out together tonight. Thanks again for listening to this message from Reality Student Ministries. Our hope is that you've learned a little bit more of who God is and who He has called you to be. For information on how you can get connected to our student ministry, be sure to check us out online at reality.painesvilleag.com or like our Facebook page at RSM. Now get out there and have an incredible day.